Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's never felt so expensive, and most people are cautious about spending. But IKEA's always been the smart choice for creating beautiful homes on a budget. Right now, IKEA family members can save even more with an extra 5% in-store on eligible purchases. Visit ikea-usa.com family for more details. Offer valid starting September 1st, 2022. Limited to qualifying purchases. Exclusion supply. Not valid on services. Discount applied in-store only. Before tax, shipping, and handling. Cannot be combined with coupons. Welcome, MIPSO. Oh, thank you thank very you. much. Libby and Joseph, welcome to the, uh, to the Diddy TV studios, downtown thank Memphis. Y'all um, just played an amazing set. Incredible harmonies and all that fun Good. stuff. And I'm glad you have the time to talk with us today and talk a little bit about how you guys got together, um, which was in college mm -hmm. at yeah, Chapel Hill. Right. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we were just friends playing music for fun on the side. Libby had started as a music student, and I was just a kind of guitar player in my bedroom for fun. But we were getting interested in some of the music that came from North Carolina, some old bluegrass and old-time stuff, and really just got together to learn some old songs and kind of became a band accidentally. So you got together, you're playing, and you said, hey, this is working out, like we, we're actually good together? Yeah, and there was, a, there was really great reception in our little college town, especially among our fellow students. Um, the Chapel Hill is a really great place to be a local band. I highly recommend it if you're trying to start a band. Uh, there's a lot of great venues, and people love to go see music. And at that time, too, there was a real appetite, as there is, I think, periodically, for uh, string band influence music. We weren't like straight up traditional, but we used that instrumentation and we wrote, we tried to write uh, fun, catchy songs and they struck people the right way. And so when it started working sort of well, we were like, why not continue to do this? And if it lasts for six months or it lasts for a year, then it'll have been fun we're and worth fun. doing. Yeah. Did, did living in North Carolina bring sort of those more traditional influences to your music in the very beginning? I think so. Um, I have a lot of family members that play bluegrass, and I wasn't raised to go to bluegrass festivals and really soak up the tradition, but it was always in the background. When we got together with my, my dad's side of the family, my grandma plays guitar, and two uncles play your banjo and dobro. grandma plays Dobra. guitar. That's awesome. Yeah. My first guitar lessons were with my grandma. And so it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't exotic to me at all to have a bunch of uh, folk musicians hanging around singing songs with each other. But then I think it took me getting to college before I thought, wait a second, that's actually really cool and I want to dig into that a little bit more. Because I think as a teenager I was way more interested in what was on TV and the music on the radio at the mall or whatever it was. 
and some good stuff, but mostly not. And then I think I got to college and met these guys and was like, well, maybe it's worth digging into what we've got around here and, and trying to take that seriously. Especially when you're trying to create something new and different. Um, you look around and you say, oh, I like this, but maybe there's, there's something, something more we can focus on and come up with something new for people. Yeah, I think when you're, when you're starting out as we were without a clear uh, plan for what kind of music we were going to make, it's really nice to really just choose any foundation. It, I think it could yeah. be arbitrary in a way, but we happen to be from North Carolina, and there, we happen to have teachers around us and other people who are playing that kind of music. Yeah, festivals and, and jam sessions. Yeah. So that's the, one, that's the one we chose. I think it's a little bit um, daunting to be just out in the wilderness of all the sounds that you could make when you're trying to make music. And it's nice not only for you, but for people who are listening when they can connect it to a thread of something that's familiar to them. And I think it's really powerful, too, because when, when you start in a familiar place, you have a better opportunity to surprise people, too. I, I, think, that, I think that's a very good point. Um, and... You know, people want to categorize music. It's interesting, you know, Diddy is Americana and Roots, and we cast this very wide net for a reason because there's so much great music being made out there that really isn't categorized as, you know, pop or, or you know, something that you would have necessarily heard all the time on the radio. But then there's this whole appetite out there for music that is created and people are playing instruments and writing music. Um, yeah. And we like to remember, too, like you were mentioning bluegrass earlier, which we've obviously learned a little bit from. And it was a part of our education when we were growing up, even though we're not by any stretch a bluegrass band. But thinking back to what when bluegrass was new, people or whatever genre you want to pick, when jazz was new, it was very much based on experimentation and trying something that was crazy. It didn't become like a set genre until much later. So I think that spirit of experimentation is, for one thing, fun. And if you're not having fun, then you're probably not going to come up with stuff that really moves people, you know? Well, when you have that basis, then like you said, then you're taking it in, down a different path and doing something new with it because you already have that basis. How did you come up with the name Mipso, and what, is, what does that mean? I was curious. Oh, that was just a little bit of uh, teenage trolling that we were doing, I think. We thought it'd be funny to have a band name that was very weird. And so we picked a word that we thought was funny called Mipso. It, it really wasn't uh, strategic, but in hindsight, it has proved useful because working for you <laughs> yeah well yeah. it's a good uh it's like ha has good uh google search returns <laughs> for us yeah. yeah and then also it does not really um suggest anything uh genre wise well i've heard people tell me that it suggests certain things like that it seems like we're a prog band or a jazz band or, or calypso something, or calypso but uh, it, it gives us some leeway. I think we can kind of become whatever kind of band we want, and nobody will say, Mipso, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't sound like they should be that way. Yeah. As opposed to, say, like Def Leppard, and you kind of know what that's going to be. Yeah, or <laughs> right. more accurately for us, like the... the Foggy Mountain The Pine Valley Boys. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, the, the Rawhide Brothers. Yeah. The Snakeskin Riptide yes. uh, Hangnail Boots Brother that's Band. Our next band is going to be that. That's our side for project. For sure, yeah. I can't wait to hear that, mm -hmm. actually. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, Mipso is a good brand because it isn't, no one knows what that is. And I think that is indicative of the creativity that you guys have brought together. And everyone sings mm -hmm. and everyone plays instruments and some multiple instruments. So that's got to open up um, a lot of opportunity for you from a creative standpoint, just having multi-instrumentalists and multi-vocalists in your band. 
Did you know that when you started or? We did, and that was part of the kind of the reason to do it, I think, was we didn't know what we'd come up with, and we wanted it to be greater than the sum of the parts. And I think that makes our process kind of hard, actually, because if, if if in, in bands, or at least as I imagine them, if you've got one songwriter and singer, the rest of the folks kind of know their role and fill in their parts, but most of it's been decided by the central figure. And we have a kind of more mixed back and forth where we have to listen to each other a lot, and we have to back off and compromise and find the space where we all kind of match up, that Venn diagram. But I think when it works, it really it feels, it feels like something's happening. So is everyone writing music, and, um, and then someone writes it, one of you writes it, and the others fill in their parts and arrange? How does that work? That's oftentimes how it works. Um, but we're, we're actually in the process right now. We're trying to start writing a new album, and we're trying to break down that process a little bit and open it up to different ways of, of making a song. Like, we've never, or I think rarely have we started with a musical idea and then, like, a, a, a sound or a little riff or something and then expanded a song from there. So we're talking about trying to write songs that way, talking about trying to write almost spontaneously. Um, we're, I think we're, we're all of us decently good at sitting alone in our bedrooms and carefully writing songs and crafting lyrics. And that is a really important part of the band that we've become. But I think we're also at this point, having spent all this time together and building trust with one another, we're curious to try it a different way too. So I talked to a lot of artists that talk about that process like that you're going through and um, having to trust the other people a little bit because when you write a song all yourself, you're like, this is cooked and baked and all I need is parts um, that's one way to go about it. Then the other way is to say, I have this idea, and then just to see creatively where it goes. And so, to your point, having trust in the rest of the band members is really important when you get to that process. Yeah, and it can be scary, too, to say, I have this idea, what do you think? You have to really open yourself up for that. It's amazing how much that particular way of relating to each other stays isolated from the closeness that we might feel in other ways. Like, we spend so much time together and we are very aware of each other's annoying habits and bodily functions and all the yeah, rest. You have to pee all at the same time every day. <laughs> That's right. Think about how close you are when you have to But, but that still does not <clears throat> inoculate us uh, from feeling sensitive when it comes to the musical part of the process. It's like you can never, you can never know somebody well enough to, well, maybe I'll just speak for myself. I can never know somebody well enough to feel totally comfortable showing that part of myself to them. But it's, it's really fulfilling to do it, too, because it's scary. And it's creative. So that, in and of itself, opens you up for criticism because you're creating something new. You're not doing something that was already out there. And yeah. so that is a sensitive process to go through. Yeah, yeah. when you feel... Oh, go ahead. Just. Well, I was just saying, I'm tempted to say that the, 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 the fear that comes with opening yourself up is part of the process and maybe a necessary part, but also I, I always feel... Like, I would aspire to be someone who would feel more confident about that part of the process. But I think it's hard. I don't know that it, it's a linear process of getting better. I think it's sort of in fits and starts, and depending on who you're working with and how you feel at the time and if you've had a hard month or not. You know, it's just like waking up in the morning. Who knows? You played a lot of songs off Edge's Run, which was your last CD you put out last year, right? So, uh, obviously, you're, you just said you're starting on another CD, but um, another album. And that... Uh, Edge's Run, you actually uh, recorded in Oregon, right? Yeah. So what uh, what was that about, and why did you go from Chapel Hill to Oregon to 
to actually produce that album. It was really because of the producer that we wanted to work with, a guy named Todd Sikafus, and he lives out there and he has young children. So that's part of the deal of working with him is that you go to him. But I think also secondarily, we had always recorded close to home and you hear stories of people recording albums all in one place, sort of like all in one fell swoop somewhere far away in a cabin or something. And I think we were interested in that type of process. Um, and I, we might we might would do that again someday, but it was really hard to. It's hard to be, especially given all those dynamics that we were just talking about and sensitivities, it's hard to be in in one place and in a discrete amount of time and to have no outlet when you're feeling the most sensitive or when it's not when you wake up in the morning and it's not your day in that scenario it doesn't matter how you wake up feeling you have to go to the studio and we were all staying in one pl- little place together and it was cold outside so you didn't really want to leave in the, the studio <laughs> much yeah so it was yeah. really um it was really intense. It was kind of claustrophobic. But I think mm-hmm. in the end, the types of tunes we were recording reflected the environment that we were in. It's not that it's not like I would have created that as a laboratory scenario again, but it feels like kind of a winter in Oregon type record. I'm not sure if that uh, was an accident or if it just we knew that that needed to happen somewhere like that. But I, I think it worked out. Well, I do think we're all sponges, and you you can't help but being yeah. influenced by whatever it is, the weather or the people that you're around or the food you're eating, and you're in a completely different environment. And there's a lot of stress that goes into being in the studio. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you're trying to make hay while the sun shines. and Watching the clock, too. Watching the clock, yeah. yeah. The Watch- sign's ticking by. But, uh, but I, I've also talked to folks who say, well, um, while it was stressful, we got it done, and maybe it forced us to do some things we wouldn't normally do when you're, you're away from home. The flip side of that is you're away from home and you can't go home to your, yeah. your, own, your own spot yeah. and just kind of get your head, head space For sure. clear. We did on that one make a record that felt like it was something we could grow into. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, really, we're a live band. We spend a lot of the year touring. And we make, I wish we could make records more. And I guess we could orient ourselves towards that more, maybe. But in the, like, endless, like, logistics of figuring out how to make a full-time band work, you got to play live shows because that's the only way you can make money doing it. And we've, it's been really fun the last year and a half to let these songs kind of take on a new life live. Now it feels like we, it almost feels like we're ready to record them now, you know? Although I'm proud of the record, something about living in them, like, we weren't ready for that right after we recorded it. And now they really feel comfortable. I'm sure they evolve over time, too. For sure. Yeah, or you'll just be bored out of your mind. I've heard some people say, hey, I'm going to go in and just, we're just going to record this live. We're all going to play at the same time because we get that synergy that we don't always get when you're tracking something in the studio. We did more live on this one than we ever had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I would say we're not purist about that. I think certain songs and arrangements lend themselves to live tracking and then other times there's a real like truth and artfulness in layering things and spending some time with mixes as they evolve and adding things as you go along kind of deliberately. I think both those ways of recording have proven over the history of recording to be very fruitful and I I would never claim one to be uh, superior to the other. But it is, it's really magical, whether it's a live show or in the studio, it's magical to be 
playing with each other and looking into each other's eyes and feeling gazing moments. Gazing into each other's <laughs> eyes. Yeah, gazing, gazing very longingly. romantically, yeah. Um, and feeling feeling like little moments right as they happen or, you know, a millisecond after they happen and acknowledging that in each other, that's really a cool thing. Or when you hear a song play back and it all came together in a way that you couldn't have imagined and it almost took on a life of its own. Yep. Yeah, yeah they say that fun. with singing all the time, that, and that's like a, mm -hmm. uh, a, an approach to our harmony singing, that with perfect harmonies you create an, another voice that's mm -hmm. not really there. Um, you create like a that phantom, mystical aspect. phantom last voice. Yeah. And like I like to think or remind ourselves too that we're not making something that can be put on a spreadsheet, you know? So keeping some element of it of, of surprise and improvisation makes it feel true to the music that you're making, you know? When people come to see you, they often want to see something a little bit different than they heard on the album yeah. because it's live performance. You know, we're getting you in person. That's why we try to mess up occasionally because yeah. <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't realize how hard it is, everything that we're doing. Yeah, you got to make it till you fake it. Yep. <laughs> well, so what's next for you guys? Are you, are you you're back in the studio then sometime soon? Sometime soon. Well, most, uh, coming up right, right after this interview, we're going to sit in the van for, I don't know, seven hours and drive to Texas. Mm -hmm. But actually, we'll probably get some good Mexican food tonight. I think it'll be a yeah, good day. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I do love Texas. I it's a good too. time of year. Yeah. We're filming this in March, and it's just beginning to be spring, and we're tired of the we weather just, in North We just Carolina. came from the Midwest last tour, oh boy, so yeah, degrees. we're ready. I'm going to wear a bikini the next week Me straight. Me too. I think on stage too, right? Absolutely. Well, especially, yeah. <laughs> and some boots. That's right. We've got to get some cowboy boots. There you go. Well, we thank you guys for stopping by. It was a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you. And we wish you the best of luck on the rest of your tour. And we hope you come back. We'll, we'll be, be back. here. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.